You are listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we try to help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principal. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Assalamu alaikum. In my last video, I explained my understanding of how to pay zakat on crypto. In that video, we covered the conditions for owing zakat, which is that the wealth has to be under your full ownership, not being used or consumed. The wealth has to have reached the limit of nisab, which is the minimum amount you need to have in order to owe zakat. And in the case of assets like gold or silver or currencies, this minimum amount is 595 grams of silver and 85 grams of gold. And we mentioned that depending on your ability, you would use either the silver or gold standards. And then the fourth condition for you to owe zakat is that you have to have had the nisav for at least one lunar year without interruption. And this condition is known in Arabic as al-Hawl. Also in that video, we said that the zakat owed on assets that are similar to gold and silver and traditional currencies, which I found cryptocurrencies to be similar to when they're not used for other purposes. The zakat owed on these types of assets is 2.5% as per the authenticated hadith, wherein the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to take from every 20 dinars, half a dinar, and from every 40 dinars is one dinar, which comes out to 2.5%. Now, what we didn't go into much detail about is the different approaches to calculating zakat. And I found three different approaches, which I found to be legitimate, different respectable commenters supported different approaches. And I'd like to cover these approaches in this video. And I want to cover them in a way so that you absolutely understand the logic behind them, because that is really crucial if we want to implement Zakat the right way and understand exactly what our obligations are and make sure that we fulfill them. It's really important that the topic of Zakat is well understood by all Muslims. The word Zakat was mentioned in the Holy Quran 30 times. And in 27 of these 30 times, it was mentioned alongside Salat, which logically implies a closeness in terms of importance between Zakat and Salat. Yet, if you ask the average Muslim what they know about Zakat, they'll likely give you a very limited, wanting answer, whereas their knowledge of Salat is typically quite good. This shouldn't be the case, and inshallah videos like this will help to change this. This video will focus on Zakat on liquid assets, such as precious metals, traditional currency, and idle cryptocurrency, which is 2.5%, as we mentioned, since this is by far the most common Zakat owed by the most number of Muslims. The first step to calculating zakat on liquid assets is to sum up all your accounts which hold these types of zakatable assets. If you look at each of these accounts in isolation, your zakat obligation may be distorted by transfers between these accounts. The reason for this is, as was mentioned in a comment on my previous video, let's say you have two accounts, account A and account B. The sum of your holdings in both accounts is $1 million throughout the year. Once a year, you transfer everything in account A to account B. So account A has a balance of zero and account B has a balance of $1 million for a period of time. Then you transfer everything in account B to account A. So account B now has $0 
an account A has $1 million for a period of time. If you're looking at these accounts in isolation to determine whether you had NISOB during the previous year, you may come out with the conclusion that you haven't had NISOB continuously during the previous year since each of these accounts had a zero balance at one point during the last year. So in order to avoid this, you have to sum up your balances in accounts that hold liquid zakatable assets. You have to sum these up together in order to determine whether or not you've had NISOB continuously throughout the last lunar year. There are some very useful apps that will help you see all your accounts in one place, such as Truebill, which I'm a big fan of, not only for seeing your financial net worth over time, but also to keep track of your subscriptions, income, and expenses all in one place at a glance. The affiliate link to this free service is in the description of this video if you're interested in trying it out. The second point I want to bring up is that which relates to debt. The general principle with regards to debt as it relates to Zakat is that it reduces the amount of of assets on which you owe zakat. So going back to our example, let's say you have a total of $1 million in zakatable assets, but you have half a million in debt due in one month. Well, you would take this half a million that is about to become due and subtract it from your total zakatable assets and pay zakat on the results. So 1 million in liquid assets minus half a million in debt gives you half a million in zakatable assets. This is what you pay zakat on. However, this subtraction is only valid for debts that are due within the next 12 months. So let's say you have a loan of $10 million that is payable over the next 30 years. Well, you're not going to subtract the entire $10 million from your assets in order to calculate your zakatable assets. What you do is you subtract the sum of the minimum payments that are due in the next lunar year from your liquid assets to figure out your zakatable amount. So let's say the minimum payment on the loan is $50,000 per month. Over the next lunar year, this comes to $50,000 times 12 times 97%, which is about how long the lunar year is compared to the solar year, which your payments are based off of. So times 97% gives you $582,000. Subtract this from the $1 million in liquid assets you have. So you pay Zakat on $1 million minus $582,000, which equals $418,000. All right, so now let's level set before we go any further. So far, we've said the following. One, to calculate Zakat, you want to calculate the sum of all Zakatable assets in all accounts. Use an app like Truebill to make things easier for you. Number two, deduct from this sum of your assets only the debt that is going to come due in the next lunar year. After steps one and two, you'll have a number which we'll call your net Zakatable worth. All right, so pretty easy, inshallah. So far, so good. Now let's move on to the question of when to pay Zakat. This question requires some thought because let's say you had $10,000 which reached the age of one lunar year in Ramadan, for example. But the very next month, you have another 15000 that also reached the age of one lunar year and you haven't paid zakat on. So the approaches that we are going to mention each try to handle this situation in their own unique way. The first approach is to simply pay zakat on your highest balance during the past lunar year. When you pay zakat on your highest balance, 
you ensure that no zakat will come due for the next lunar year no matter what. Even if your highest balance from the last 12 months turns out to be the lowest balance for the next 12 months, you still won't owe zakat during the next lunar year since you have already paid it. Put differently, there is no possibility that an amount of money will reach the age of one lunar year in the next 12 months which you haven't already paid zakat on. This approach may be burdensome for some people since the highest balance may be very different than the balance they normally carry in their accounts. Which brings us to the second approach, which is to pay zakat on the lowest balance from the past lunar year, but to pay it multiple times per year. Using the minimum balance method, you would look at the minimum balance on the sum of all zakatable accounts. The caveat to this is that in order to never be late on your zakat, you would have to basically calculate zakat daily. This is obviously something that is quite burdensome and I don't think this type of burden is consistent with either the spirit of zakat specifically or the spirit of Islam generally. Even to require calculation every week, I think, would be burdensome. However, every month, if you have things connected the right way, you're using a spreadsheet, for example, all you need to do is take a number out of an app and plug it into the spreadsheet and you know how much you owe in Zakat. I think probably doing that once a month is more attainable, something that is more reasonable. And using this method has the advantage of paying precisely what you owe in zakat. So this method, although requiring perhaps the most effort, will yield the most precise results in terms of your zakat obligations. And I created a spreadsheet that will help you calculate zakat from month to month using this method. And if you're interested in having access to that spreadsheet, just leave your email in the form linked in the description, and I will gladly send you that spreadsheet for free. I I also include in this spreadsheet the methods for calculating zakat using the other two approaches. Which brings me to the remaining approach. The third approach to calculating zakat, which I found some scholarly approval of, is simply to say I'm going to pick one day in the lunar calendar where I'm going to pay zakat every year. And on that day, I'm going to calculate what my net zakatable worth is and I'm going to pay zakat on that regardless of anything. So using this method, sometimes you will overpay when the balance on zakat day turns out to be greater than the highest minimum balance for the next 12 months. Other times you will underpay when the balance on the day you pay zakat is less than the highest minimum balance over the next 12 months. But if you use this method year in and year out throughout your life, the law of averages suggests that over time you'll probably pay right around what your actual zakat obligation was. Now, there are some important points that I should mention about this method, which is that if you commit to this method, you have to keep in mind that if you get a huge windfall and your balance of zakatable assets increases dramatically right before your zakat due date for that year, you have to pay zakat on this entire amount, even though you may have only had it for a few days. This is because 
In other years, you may experience a substantial decline in zakatable assets right before your zakat payment date, and in which case you would pay zakat on the lower balance. What I don't think is right for you to do is to flip-flop between this approach and the other approaches I mentioned from year to year. If you commit to this method, then stick with it because as I mentioned, we are relying on the law of averages to bring your payment amount to what you actually owed. If every time you get a windfall of income before the zakat date, you decide to switch to, let's say, the minimum balance method, and then when your wealth is conveniently low on your zakat day, you choose this method, the law of averages is not going now work for you and over your lifetime you're probably going to end up underpaying what you should have paid. Also, since you are at liberty to choose the date you decide to pay zakat on, if you're in a country that doesn't collect zakat itself, you should choose a time of the year when you suspect your net zakatable worth will be close to its average, not one where you know it will be much below it. Also, choose a very easy date to remember. The Prophet, peace be upon him, first collected zakat on the first day of Muharram, basically the first day of the Hijri year. So to summarize, when collecting zakat, regardless of method, do not look at accounts in isolation. Instead, you have to look at the aggregate of all your accounts, which hold assets that you must pay 2.5% on. Paying zakat on the minimum balance over the past lunar year, only once a year, is probably not sufficient. Either pay on the highest balance to be absolutely sure for the next 12 months that you don't owe any zakat or pay on the minimum balance, but then recalculate your obligations periodically. I suggest once a month. And then your third option is to make your zakat calculation based on your current balance on the same day every year. If you'd like the spreadsheet wherein I lay out these methods with formulas for you to use, then leave your email in the form that is linked to in the description, and I will send this spreadsheet to you if you benefited at all from this video be sure to leave a like consider subscribing 55 percent of you are not subscribed yet until next time make sure to take care of yourself assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all